Welcome. Welcome to Quarantini episode... Hmm? Quarantini... Was this two? This, this is... Of the Quarantine episode, Saga? I think this is technically three when we're under a quarantine. Who uh, wants to start our own, like, sagas? This is the, the quarantine yeah. arc. <laughs> yeah, like the quarantine arc where we make a lot of real character development, and then we come out of this stronger, more appreciative yeah. of life. It's, this is, like, right before the, um, you know, it's the five-year time skip in One Piece. Like, we're gonna go quarantine for a year... And then we'll meet back at uh, Sabadobi Archipelago, and we'll be ready for the new world. I was literally asking um, co-workers and some other people, um, saying, hey, you know, so what are you going to do for your for your time skip? <laughs> That's... And a lot of them don't under... A lot of them understand it at a base level, but, you know, I'm saying it, of course, to your point, on, on the anime level. Yeah, it's... Like, oh, what happens? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, what's, your, what's your improvement? What, and, what are you gunning for post-time skip? Well, they all look at me cockheaded, and they'll say, well, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, y- you know, like, uh, I'm going to read a few books and maybe beat a few games, you know, maybe work out a little bit more in the apartment, maybe come back jacked, who knows? Um, how are you going to do this? Yeah, no, that's that's great, actually. That's uh, it, It's funny you mentioned working out a little bit, because I forgot oh. to put this on my list, uh, but I've been playing Ring Fit every day since we've been quarantined. I want that. I could just download it. Yeah, but oh you, no, you I can't. Need but the I don't ring. have the. I don't. Yeah, I don't have the thing. You need I'm the ring. Saying, you yeah. need the ring con. Um, yeah, see, that's been sold out actually. Yeah, I've I had I've it trying to get it since launch, so I lucked out in that regard. Um, yeah. They patched in a new rhythm mode, uh, uh-huh. where there's rhythm based workouts set to Mario and Zelda music, uh-huh. and it's pretty fucking awesome. I knew. You know something? If we go back to a previous episode when people were uh, skeptical of this, I knew. I knew this shit was going to be popular. Uh, I mean, the game was already good overall, but this is a free update that's... It's a whole new mode with licensed Nintendo music in it, and it's really cool. That's that's pretty... That's pretty messed up. I can't even play it right now. They gotta make more. I'm assuming when this whole pandemic ends, they'll make more. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because now they see that there's such a demand for it. I mean... It's sold out, though. There's, there's huge value in it now, because we're stuck at home. Mm-hmm. But still, like... It's a great supplemental workout on days where you can't quite make it to the gym. Yeah. For real. No, genuinely. And I'm actually... I'm actually curious to see, even post... Hopefully when we get out of all of this in the next few months, how the sales will be as well. Because I imagine they're going to produce more. Yeah, I think they will. they're going to see that there's such a demand. First of all, there's this Polygon article I just found um, that just says, yeah, Nintendo confirms it's literally sold out everywhere. Um, uh, they plan to make more. I'm wondering, after this is all over, will people still buy it in the large volumes that they had? Same with the Nintendo Switch. That's also sold out and mirroring the situations that people were facing when it first launched in that they cannot get it. And it sells out immediately after it's restocked. Yeah, that's rough times. but Which uh, is wild. You gotta, you gotta hope for the best on that front. You truly... When it comes to mind, I don't mean to sound like a fanboy or a show for it, but truly... I don't recall a console ever selling out in such high frequencies the as the Switch ever did. The Ooh. Wii, the Wii too. I mean, I, what I meant to say was a Nintendo product. Okay. A Nintendo console is always the one to sell out, and I'm not sure if it's fabricated if that's a demand. Issue. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it's always the one that's tough to get. Um, it's funny. We'll we'll dive into this a little bit more later. Uh, talking about like Sony and Microsoft both talking about uh, production concerns for their new consoles, I think we might see some tough to grab stuff if you don't pre-order those consoles. 
just because I don't think production's going to be able to be what they want it to be. No, and also I think that, again, just being cooped up in quarantine, there's a level of uncertainty with it. People mm. really don't know when it will end. So it's very hard to say that this won't take us into Q3, which I think it will. Not the total self-isolation. Yeah, not at the degree it's at now. it doesn't get to that point. Hopefully it doesn't get to that point if people stop acting like a bunch of jackasses in North America. But um, it'll be bad for a while. Yeah, if it ends up peaking or capping off at Q3, I could see that happening. Because people will be in that mindset to say, well, we don't know how long this is going to happen. I at least want the latest consoles. And I at least want that to be had. So... You know, I totally can see them selling out immediately after they put them up for pre-order. Number one, they would have sold out immediately anyways, but I think even more so, there's going to be such a high demand just to get the latest and greatest gen console because there's going to be that air of uncertainty as to what's going to be happening with the production cycles. Um, Though to your earlier point, we'll get into that too because I I think we read the same article about this as well regarding those console releases too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so anyways... Even pivoting away from some of that, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? How have you spent been spending your quarantine? It's been uh, pushing my mental limits at times, but I've been hanging in there. But what about you? Uh, I've been yeah, me- mentally breaking a lot. I just miss people. Um, to your credit, you were in it. We have like a, a Snapchat group with our friends, and I just randomly rang it last night because I just wanted to talk to people. And uh, you had to take off at some point. But we ended up being in there for like three or four hours. <laughs> and wait, really? Mm-hmm. Oh well. I would have genuinely stood in there longer if I hadn't been playing Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, the funny part I was... I would have been there all night I if was, I had not been playing Resident Evil. I was playing Doom, and I ended up just, like, turning it off because we all started playing Animal Crossing. Oh, I want to play that. I want to play that, too. It's... Uh, I'm in this mode. I can't shake the mode yet. Um, but it's yeah, I mean, I've been mostly playing Animal Crossing and Doom, which we can talk about at length. But the, mm-hmm. the other thing I played was from that surprise Nintendo Direct... Uh, the Panzer Dragoon remaster dropped. I didn't expect it to drop right then. Nor did I. And uh, that was a good surprise. I spe- they probably needed something to tide people over. I spent the twenty five bucks on it, and I really enjoyed it. But I really like Panzer Dragoon. Um, and I will just give the addendum to people that don't know what Panzer Dragoon is. It was a Sega Saturn game, an on rails shooter. <laughs> I was gonna say most people probably won't know what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, here's the thing: why I want to give the addendum. Panzer Dragoon's a great game but it's more like a proof of concept for what Panzer Dragoon 2 became. This game's going to cost you $25, and it's like an hour long, just as a heads up. Yeah, I will not buy it, but mainly because I want two. But it's such a funny little catch-22, because I have a feeling that unless you have interest to buy Panzer Dragoon 1... Two's not going to happen if people buy Yeah, they're not going to feel motivated to make two. Even though everybody wants two. Yeah. I, I have a feeling Nintendo is always very well. It, it was very skittish on releasing the second iterations of games. Like, for example, Donkey Kong Country. I've never seen Donkey Kong Country 2 release on the, uh, the Super Nintendo Online. Which is weird. And it took a while for it to be released on the virtual consoles as well whenever it came out on 3DS. Or just any number two game. Yeah. They really just take their sweet-ass time on releasing those. Well, Even Breath of Fire... They ended up, I think, releasing Breath of Fire 1 and 2 on the Ninten- Super Nintendo, but yeah. people really just want... Well, three, 3 is a uh, PlayStation 1 game. No, I know, I know, but I'm saying people just really want 3. Yeah. Like, they just want to play 3. Um, yeah, but Panzer Dragoon, it still looks good, if you ask me. Uh, still plays great. It's just short. Um, it feels arcadey in that response. Like, I sat down and just beat it in under an hour. 
Damn. How'd you feel? Was there it, was there anything different with the remastered version at all? Like you know the, how the uh, textures are cleaned up a little bit, and I, I any don't, challenges? Uh, nothing that I saw, but I'd have to dip back in more and look through the menus. I didn't really give it that much of a once over. I just fired it up, and I knew I could beat it in one sitting, so I did. Um, That's so disappointing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but again, That's pretty disappointing. I didn't dig that deep. Uh, I, I will because I that game's replayable to me, like infinitely so. Well, I mean, you tell me, how how is it replayable then? Other than just playing the same story, do you just like the story enough that you want to play it a the, couple of times? The story, the I like playing game, a little, multiple it, branches. The collectibles, it feels, it's a super arcadey game. Uh-huh. So I do, like, the fact that you can beat it in an hour, I just like going for scores. Oh, okay. So you just get the best score. That's a good way yeah. to do it. I wish they did, um, what the Mega Man collections oh there's so much fun stuff in those where they just had those challenges a wide variety of the challenges across all the games challenges and Um, all the art stuff that you could delve yeah all the unlockables it's a lot of fun to me personally that really if you really enjoy the game and it's something that's relatively short i always think that's really key too the game has to be short to a degree um that gives you more of an incentive to actually play those challenges and really flesh the game out and uh also i'll note uh the, I think this is pretty great, because I think Limited Run, I want to say it's Limited Run, is doing the physical copies of Panzer Dragoon. Uh, <laughs> Why not two? <laughs> they are, they're coming in uh, Sega Saturn-style jewel cases. Oh, that's so cool. That reminds me of when they did uh, Turok, and they did in the N64 cases. I was really, really upset that I kind of missed those. Yeah, that it, it's neat. And uh, this one, for those unfamiliar with the game, the reason it's a big deal is it was pretty much well understood that the source code was missing for a long time. Like, people really like Panzer uh, Dragoon. Final Fantasy VIII. The Final Fantasy VIII. And, but, like, they were vocal about it. They're like, yeah, we don't know where the hell the game is, so we can't remaster it. Sorry. And then this kind of came out of nowhere. How do you think they end up finding it? I don't... I think it was just, like, a search party where they just put a bounty on the uh, the source code, and they're saying, I, I want this I think it's now. about as simple as doing the research to figure out who has the rights to it and who has the hard disk in storage somewhere because can you imagine it's just this one dude who was a dev on it back in the day and he's the only one who had the hard disk with the source code he's got to like find him he's got a shareware copy of it on a floppy in a ziploc (laughs) bag like on a floppy with like some coffee stains on it that's hanging out in his storage room and uh they have to make this whole trek to go hunt him down that should be a good concept for a film or a television show yeah no i'd watch that that'd be fun that sounds like hunt for panzer dragoon that sounds like multiple chapters of masters of doom actually um (laughs) i love it like yeah we made c4 and broke into the office i'm like i think john carmack's an insane person i think we should anybody gonna talk about this yeah, yeah, that's totally one of totally my absolved. one of my favorite stories from the uh, beginning of Masters of Dune. John Carmack talks about his childhood, um, <laughs> and he says at one point, like kids were paying him to get them test answers, and he made homemade C four and broke into his high school and stole the test answers. Well, I'm sure you could just do it. Yeah, with the uh, what was it, the putty or whatever the hell you have to do with a little gunpowder. Yeah, that's that's, that's, not, that's, that's illegal. That's what it that's was, illegal, John. You can't do that. John Carmack and his tests. his cat just sitting inside coding. Fucking love Carmack. Um, how has Doom been? Speaking of Carmack, um, I'm really, really digging it. Uh, the uh, let me get the the rough points out of the way first because there's plenty of them. Yeah, I think this game does a terrible job of onboarding. Um, yeah. Well, isn't it just a, you start game, then you immediately gun and run? There, there's a lot going on. It's like they assumed you just finished Doom 2016 and popped this in. 
Oh, real? It doesn't start like Doom 2016 does where they're at least a little clear enough to just jump you into the action? You, you, There's a lot going on at once, and there's new systems being introduced, like the flame belts to do armor. The combat in the first level is a lot, and your arsenal's limited. I feel like mm-hmm. by the time you get to level 3, when you sort of have the first, the full arsenal mostly, you've been toying around with a lot of the ideas for the most part, It's everything starts to click, and you have more health and more armor, so you're not getting by on the skin of your teeth anymore, and it starts to feel really good. Um... And that's kind of where it's it's hit its stride for me. But it takes some it takes a little bit to get there. It takes some time, and the narrative is a lot because it drops you in in a way. It feels like you've walked in to a movie halfway through it, and you're like, "This is why I always think that you know what? what's going as on much here." As, as much as I'm reading that anybody can jump into Eternal, I still stick stand by my theoretical guns here and just say go to 2016. Yeah, and you know it's cheaper. It'd be a better introduction to the start series. There. I think. Um, the other weird part for me is I'm just starting to get these answers narratively at, like, tw- the 12-hour mark for me. Um, See, I think that's where you and I may differ because I guess I just wouldn't care. Uh, okay. <laughs> I know that seems a little... I, I just would not no, care I, about I, the story I, of I, I mostly don't, but it, this is more of, like, a grievance of it felt weird to me. Mm-hmm. Doom 2016 ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Doom yeah, Eternal... That's, that's the one thing... That's the only reason why, I guess... I could totally empathize with people who would like some indication I am, of the story's continuing. I am now in the point where Samuel Hayden has re-entered the story, um, which actually some of these narrative bits feel like the most, the most like Doom 2016 to me, of like the Doom Marine walking into this uh, resistance facility, and there's just like little humans cowering below you, and they're like, it's an honor to meet you, sir. Uh, they said you might come someday, and he's just pushing past all of them, and... Uh, yeah. Sam, the what's left of Samuel Hayden is kind of like strapped into this uh, this thing, and they're like, "We're trying to figure out how to extract his memory core. We need to be very careful with it." And the Doom Slayer just rips it out, and then like opens a portal and leaves. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the funny bits that I really liked in 2016. I'm glad they at like, least kept that a little bit. I also um, I unlocked the classic Doom Marine skin. Oh, I love Which, that. I saw those. I saw yeah. all the uh, the costumes that he it, can get. They're it, pretty cool. It looks great. I've been wearing that. Uh, you can. That's one of the easier ones to get. It's just behind a door in the Fortress of Doom, your sort of hub. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can get some collectibles in the stage that you plug in as keys to unlock it. I uh, saw some more screenshots of the game, too. It just looks so... I mean, we are talking about last week, too. It honestly just looks so fucking the, good. The, it just looks cool. The environments look fucking phenomenal. And, and that it, track... This is coming from a guy. I, I've never played the game. That, that track, though, I've listened to it. It's also just straight up fire. Uh, it's just metallic. I, I actually ended up buying the the Doom 2016 vinyl. Oh, uh, that's a good purchase. It's it should be here by Wednesday. Uh, but I can't even imagine how it's just gonna spin without bursting into flames. But yeah, the music's so great. When combat's going, it feels phenomenal. I I think it just it really takes longer than it should to find its footing, and I could see people getting turned off. I could, especially if people aren't used to the series, or at least know what to expect, but just not to that degree. And, I could totally see And that. also worth noting, I said I'm 12 hours in. I'm on level 6. It shouldn't take 12 hours to get to level 6. I'm playing on Ultra Violence, and I don't leave levels without finishing the Slayer Gates, which are wow, commendable. the... Very commendable. They're the optional uh, combat arenas. There's six of uh-huh. them. Uh, they're not. There's not one in every level, but there are a total of six of these, and the main point of them being is the the big bad of this uh, game is called the Maker, 
there's a gun that you need Empyrean keys you get from doing the Slayer Gates to unlock. You don't need it, it's an optional weapon, but it's called the Unmaker, and I really want it. <laughs> the Unmaker to fight the Maker. Those cheeky guys. And I did just um, finally get the BFG. So if you're playing an Ultraviolence, I'm assuming then you're pretty good. I would, Are you pretty good? I feel pretty good at this game, but like... I don't know. It, it's also one of those games where... And this is why I tend to not get mad at it. Nine nine out of ten times when I die, I can look back and see it as my own fault, which is what you want in a game's difficulty. I love that kind of trial and error, or at least that feeling where you know it's not really, you know, mm -hmm. the game just shafting you in the back. It's more of, oh, I made a mistake here. That's why, honestly, besides a lot of its faults at the time, which I didn't realize came later, games like Dark Souls or any of those From Software games really attach themselves to me because it really felt like that because those games when, are methodical when it's more of a, hey this is going to be successful based on your own ability at this point but we're still going to make it pretty damn hard and then you make it it's way more satisfying than oh the game bugged and it's literally just unfair so it's it's quite bullshit also uh i, I mentioned this to you before the podcast one of the more interesting things to note is as this story unfolds, if you're reading all the lore, which I have been just because I find it kind of hysterically Is dumb. Is it just placed around everywhere? It's A lot of it's placed around everywhere. There's audio diaries, um, oh, stuff like that. Codex entries. The team at Bethesda, at id, has successfully turned every Doom game into a single narrative. Like, they've constructed a Doom timeline, uh, and it, it all makes sense in a really dumb way. Oh, that's uh, probably. I, I can only guarantee in the writers' room they probably were laughing their asses off by just saying, "Yeah, let's well, structure it." Like the best this. part is there's now like a full structure for how the Doom guy became the godly Doom Slayer, and like even audio diaries of the Doom guy left Earth, went to another planet where he became the Doom Slayer, and now he's returned to Earth in Doom Eternal. And there's, like, records of Hayden's people studying him, and they're like, his DNA suggests he's human, but he's godlike. <laughs> So he's just really good at what he does. So in Doom 2016, then, it's it's basically described that he went to another planet at that point. Well, they, and then in Doom Eternal, he came back? They get into... he. Okay, in the version of Doom 64 they put out, there's a yeah. new level which basically <laughs> sets up Doom 2016. I, lo okay. I, love, uh, I love that whole Essentially, uh, no... So the Doom, Doom guy... In Doom 64, eventually, Doom 64 is the game where he brings the fight to the demons. He goes to hell. Right. Um, he then ends up going to another planet, which is where the Sentinels are from, those armored guys we would see imagery uh -huh. of. Uh, and he proves himself in their combat arena after hell has driven him mad. And they make him one of them. That's how he gets the power and becomes the Doom Slayer. He then returns to hell, where... The lore about him is spread throughout demon culture, uh, and he's like the boogeyman of hell. So the demons can't kill him, but instead imprison him in a sarcophagus, which is what the people on Earth then find in Doom 2016, and they bring him back to Earth, but now he's the Doom Slayer. I like it. Fuck it. You know what? Why not? It just works. It's... Like how they put him in a sarcophagus. They, yeah, they couldn't, but it's... They said, you know what, forget it. This this seems really hell-like. Let's just throw him in here. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's fucking wild. Also, the maker characters are introduced as, like, these god... Be these beings that are basically angels that dealt with the Argent, which were the Sentinel 
uh, characters that the Doomslayer lived with for a long time, and it it, it goes wild places. <laughs> it's kind of wacky that the the angelic beings would make a fucking monster <laughs> and they well, unleash him on hell. Uh, yeah, but then, you know, shit goes places, and it seems like the, the final boss of Doom Eternal might basically be Alien God. Oh, boy. That's, this is a Sura's Wrath all over again. I was afraid of this. I kind of... Well, it's just turned into a JRPG. I'm on a quest to murder God. I love... You know what? I love when a game just turns into that, and it's so true with that. I forgot what meme it was, but it was literally, like, level one... You know, kill these crabs, and it says level one hundred, like destroy God. Yeah, it was like save cat from tree, level one hundred, kill God. Yeah, it's uh, always so true. Also, it's so funny that Doom is actually following in that footstep too. Also worth noting, uh, and I think it's like the best narrative through line, at least to keep you understood of what's going on, because Doom guy has no comments on it. Um, if you remember the AI from Doom twenty sixteen Vega, that you mm-hmm. you essentially kill, but it shows like doom guy basically backing it up on a floppy drive and putting it in his pocket mm. apparently the doom slayer at some point restored vega because he's your guide through all of this and does it does that ever show him doing it it's, it's just no happening? it's just when you start in the doom fortress vega is now integrated into it and he's oh, the, so it's just it's something i don't need to say yeah You're just like hey here you go just they they did show he backed vega up so he had his own vega ready to go there you go he just stole it truly truly uh Actions capable of the Doom Slayer himself. Doom Eternal, pretty good. Do you ever say rip and tear? Uh, those are the first words uttered in the game. You Very nice. you jump right into the, through the hell portal to land on Earth, which is covered in pentagrams, and then you just hear a voice go. <laughs> it's just littered with pentagrams. It, it, it really, you could <laughs> see if you couldn't tell it's hell. You could see pentagrams from space. Uh, <laughs> they just really want to make sure that you know it's hell. And you <laughs> land, like and the words are uttered rip and tear until it is done. Wow. That's it's quite heavy, and I like it. I can't... I want to play 2016 before I jump into this. Not for story, just because I feel like it'll give me... I think it's a good warm-up. It'll, yeah, it'll give me a nice little warm-up to the controls, so that by the time I go into Doom Eternal, I'm just revving. And, and also, it eases you back into like how the combat puzzles work before it introduces an entire new layer with the Flame Belch. Yeah, I mean, according to you, like it takes a little bit to learn... If you're just coming in it's, fresh, so I was I just play 16 again because I forgot a lot of it too. Doesn't yeah, matter. that's fine. Like I said, I was fighting instincts to work the flame belch into my rotation, but mm. now it all feels pretty good. There's also a freeze grenade now that I really like. I saw that you could play. What was it? Which Doom can you play in this game too? I saw it. Uh, you could actually play the old Doom. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, it's in Doom Guy's room in the Doom Fortress. I think it's one. <laughs> it's in his room. Much in the way they uh, did with um. With the original Wolfenstein in uh, the ones Bethesda I, put out. I am such a sucker for when a game does that. It's just like in a, how you're telling me in Yakuza. How you just play games. Oh, you just go play all of Virtua Fighter 5 at a Sega arcade. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just so fun. Um, because it really just shows how far <laughs> technology and data management has yeah. come. Where you can just throw another game in there and it's like a spec. Uh, I love it. It's good stuff. Okay, I'll have to jump into it when... Probably get not only when it gets a little cheaper. That's just me because I have a feeling that I'm not gonna play it for a couple of months. But I heard it's been pretty fucking good. It's pretty good. So, uh, but I'm on Team Doom. You're replaying RE2, so why don't you tell me about that? Yes. Um. So my brain right now is completely fried, but in a good way where I only am thinking about Resident Evil 2 right now. Um. So we you'll be thinking that... about three by Friday. 
I know. Uh, so three is coming out on Friday. Um, I thought it actually had another week, so the timing couldn't have been better. Um, but every once in a while, when it comes to these horror survival games, notably Dead Space, um, I always want to just max it out and just beat it. And it's this really weird feeling where I just have this compulsion to just say, nah, you know what, I'm, I think I can do it. I think I can 100% this in, like, no time flat. And um, I did. I started on Friday where I was sitting down. And I realized I had played Resident Evil from the copy you gave me a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I beat it last year, and that was fun. I loved it a lot. It was my game of the year. Um, so you bought the PC version now because it was on sale yeah, so recently. so I bought the PC version because I saw it one day. I think it was during a Steam sale on Christmas, and it was $20. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm definitely going to play this and game because I didn't officially get it. It's been getting marked down like crazy all the time. Uh, the yeah. PC version got marked down again, I think, recently. Yeah, and frankly, if you hadn't let me borrow it that one time, I would have bought it full price anyways. It's worth it. It's st- I still think it's worth it, even though you can't. But I would be able to get it for 20 just because why, why the hell not? It's worth $60. It's a fantastic totally. game. Totally. Um, but now we have three coming out Friday, and I was just sitting on my couch earlier last week, and I figured, you know, we're in isolation. I'm going to beat another game. And at first it was going to be Castlevania, because I bought this um, this dual pack on the PS4 of Rondo Blood and Symphony of the Night, and I'm like, I can, I can platinum this. But mm. I even thought, you know, since Resident Evil's coming out, and that game's going to be straight up fire. Um, Bring I on really Brad play. Vickers. I, I really want it to be good, but I don't, I don't, at this point, I cannot doubt Capcom for what they've also, done so far, which is a weird line that I don't think I would have said like, two years ago. It is kind of crazy. Also worth noting, two years ago, I, done uh, I think people's biggest concerns are like, oh, it's so quick after two, but it's worth noting, these games were being developed side by side and originally were going to be released together, but the scale of the remakes got too large that they decided to split them up. Thank God. You know what? Because... I really enjoy too for what it is, and I can't imagine if it was shorter. That kind of yeah. what killed it. So I mean, um, basically think of it this way: like three was mostly done as far as like the bigger concepts, but they're like, all right, we're gonna you know really pe- like make everything streamlined, and these are there's enough game here for these to be two separate full releases. Well, it's also something to be said too with the creation of the engine that they were using, um, which is a once it's gorgeous done, engine. Yeah, once the foundation has been built. You can pretty much just keep adding to yeah, it. Yeah, not quite mechanics, plug and play assets, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that well, I'm sure they're going to recreate. It, wait, was it a new it, engine or is it the RE7 engine? I shouldn't say the new engine. I should just say that once they just have the foundation mm-hmm. from a previous title that they've worked on already, because it, it's yeah. really just the development of new assets at that point, which does take time. But it's not surprising for me that. You know, it even released a year later. Even if they weren't ready with it, I still would have imagined it would have released, let's say if it wasn't being worked on side-by-side, side, later this year anyway. And also, um, I don't think 4 necessarily needs it, but I kind of hope they do 4. Oh, I oh please, they're going to do it. They're going to do 4. It's, it's the most mass-marketed, replicated game, imported game. Like, they're going to do that, it. Can you, like, here's the thing. Imagine the cheers when, like, we see that screenshot of Leon Kennedy in the leather jacket, like, pulling up on the island. <laughs> Yeah, there, there is no question that they should. I mean, they should probably, frankly, stop at four because five. Maybe do Code Veronica. Fire. Maybe do Code Veronica. Yeah. Well, up. I mean, like up until five. Yeah, yeah. Like just stop at five and do anything else in between. But they should probably end it with four. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that would be an excellent swan song to the whole remake, and then just continue it past seven with yeah. the titles that they were going. Because I mean, anyways. the best part of five to me is that expansion where Chris and Jill go back to the mansion. Yeah, 
Yeah, precisely. And it's like, at that point, everybody's going to want four by the end. If anything, two was something that really didn't deserve to be as good as it did, and then it ended up being really good because props to Capcom and the team. They really just worked a yeah, hell, hell of a lot for it. What a but, fucking game that was. Oh, totally. It was so unexpected. Um, it was which like... Which blew me away. It was, I think on my top ten list, I think it was like my number two game of the year. Yeah, it is absolutely my number one from last year. But um, anyway, so yeah, three's coming out though, and I just wanted to prep, and I was thinking, you know, I have it on Steam. What if I just 100 percented it? Because I could probably do it in a weekend. And yeah. that was on Thursday. And I played officially, uh, I think, Friday evening. And I just said, you know, let's just give it a shot. I actually, my only regret is that I wish I played a little early on Friday because I feel like I would have had more time. But since then, I've literally just played through the game. I think I've spent about 20-something hours on it right now, which, I, to be quite honest, I never do this. I barely ever do this. The last time I legitimately played another game in this fashion was, I think, 4? The original Resident Evil 2. It was, it was about a year and a half ago for 4, but I didn't 100% that game. I just played it through. The, the last game I 100%ed straight was Dead Space 1, 2, and then Dark Souls, and those were years ago. So I have to be in a specific survival horror-y mood for it. Um... But I have beaten the game, I think, at this point, about four to five times between Claire and Leon. I just, before this cast was even over, I before this cast started, I should say, I'm able to now beat the game as Leon or Claire in about an hour and a half. Just a run. Part. Oh, yeah, it's a good run. So, uh, now I see why speedrunners get their high. Because this shit, at first I was, I used to try speedrunning back in the day, and I was thinking, you know, It requires fuck that. dedication that I yeah, don't Yeah, I was thinking, have. fuck that. I want to just watch you guys for my own amusement, because this is pushing, your, Dance, this is pushing your brain near the limit. It's not that bad. Going back to what you were saying with trial and error on Doom, it, it's exactly that. You just need to know the optimal path, and frankly, if you just don't play anything else, it's kind of burned into my memory right now, um... And even if I were to stop this at the hour mark and play another Leon story, I could probably do the same thing without even looking at a reference guide. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. It really has cemented how much I really enjoy this game. It's not boring in any capacity, and there's always something new. And I always think it's so funny um, how Mr. X sometimes just bugs. And I've done a couple of runs of this already, but sometimes Mr. X will be chasing me, and then all of a sudden I'll go into a room, and he'll just be there, because somehow he'll just skip. It's and it's hilarious, always made scared though. the shit out of me. When he's just standing there. Get ready. I'm Nemesis is going to be worse, man. Ne- Nemesis is going to yeah. break into a full-on sprint. I saw a brief video of it. Um, my Some of my uh, older brother's friends were saying, hey, I was playing three, because one of them is a diehard Resident Evil fan. Mm-hmm. He, he enjoys the hell out of all of those games. He was like, you know... I actually miss Mr. X. He's like him in that trench coat and nice little fedora. He's like... He was uh, stylish. I don't like... He goes, Nemesis is very intense. And he's like, I don't want to have to deal with this. At least with Mr. X, he's just walking. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that so far. I need... I have about <clears throat> six or seven achievements left. Um, and they're all just, hey, beat the game with an S rank or do this or do that. So I'm planning to hopefully beat it by today. And if not, then early tomorrow after work. Cool. And that's my, that's my, that's my fucking, that was my weekend. I gotta be honest. I, I can't, the only thing I really, really miss was Animal Crossing because I can't, I don't want to play another game and filter my, my thought process in with something that's very happy and pleasant. I kind of just want to keep it in this survival horror fuck. I get it. <laughs> this horror um, Shall I then provide you with my Animal Crossing weekend update? Please do because mine is literally zero, unfortunately. My town, oh, we've had some big strides. 
Um, we now have the official residence center. Uh, it's no longer a tent. Isabel has come to stay. Congratulations. Um, and we uh, we built a campsite, uh, which is after your initial three villagers come to move in. That's how you get new villagers. People will show up at your campsite in the morning, and then mm-hmm. you can try and convince them to buy a house and stay. Uh, today I convinced a, a snow-colored monkey named Hans who speaks German to move in. Snow? He's like like a he's like a white monkey. Like he looks like he's like from the Arctic. That's such a nice little uh, description you just gave. Yeah, there. and I walked into his tent. I think anybody else would have given me white. And he was licking a lollipop, and he goes Guten Tag, and I was like, please live wow. here. <laughs> Guten Tag, fellow traveler. Please come to my island. I was like, please live so here, cool. sir. Um, and on that note, I figured I found something you have to talk to Tom Nook about that uh, seems mm-hmm. like an interesting idea. Uh, basically I became a realtor. Um, he said, you know, we keep doing this thing where, uh, somebody says they want to move here and then we lay out a plot for their house. He's like, wouldn't it make more sense to lay out the plots in advance? So he was like, here's an idea. He goes, you give me 10,000 bells. We lay out a plot of land. Um, and then when somebody moves into that house, you'll get paid. Some fucking shady business going on. I don't know about that. That sounds like a lot of effort. Also, not in cash, in Nook Miles. He duped me. Oh, in Nook Miles yeah. he does it? Yeah. Wow. So you invest, That's actually a dupe. You invest 10,000 bells and you get... He didn't tell me how much. I don't know yet. Uh, but uh, Hans is moving in tomorrow. His is already sold and taken care of. But now I have another plot that I put next... You got tricked. That I put, you got nooked. I need those Nook Miles to get the DIYs. You got nooked. He knew. He knew you needed um, those for the DIYs. Oh, 10,000 bells, I imagine, at that point in the game is not a lot, though. Uh, no. Is it not? No, it's not at it's all. It's like nothing. Because eventually you have to owe this guy almost a million bells. Yeah, my next house upgrade is like 540,000. Yeah, and um, Also, I've been building bridges that cost about 200,000. Uh, oh, yeah, it's nothing. The, the construction projects uh, that I'm putting up now that I can build bridges and stuff whenever I want... Uh, that's my f- the first appearance of a gyroid in this Animal Crossing, uh, as the one who takes the investment. Oh, um, I like this. What else of note happened? Oh, yes, uh, Mabel's been showing up in my town square to sell clothes on certain days. Oh, you didn't get the Mabel and Abel shop yet? Well, I did today. Today she asked oh, me okay. if uh, I would be cool with her opening a shop here, and I laid down the plot next to Nook's cranny. Would I be cool? <laughs> She's like, I asked Tom Nook. Nook, and he said it was okay, and he said that I should go see the the island resident advisor about placing my shop. And he said, you're a big sucker and a nerd. And I was like, nah, that's pretty on brand. <laughs> did you see that? Um... <laughs> That Twitter post, I I fucking die this, and somebody's like, I keep looking at Twitter mentions and trending hashtags, and I keep thinking Tom Nook's some corrupt U.S. politician, but I just learned today that he's a fucking raccoon landlord from Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> because if you if you do, you go on social media, it's literally um, quarantine news and Animal Crossing. There mm-hmm. has been no medium for, or in between for that at all. It that's literally just what the social media landscape is, and I am loving it. Yeah, it's kind of hilarious. People are doing some heavy shit. It makes me, um, I miss, I basically get so jealous and have such a case of FOMO, even though I have the game, it's just because I've decided to just do what I'm doing now, but 
I cannot wait to dive into that this week and just go ham while I'm waiting on some other titles. Yeah, you'll have to come by my village and hang out. Oh, absolutely. I I have to do so much. And you know what? The turning point for me today was I even missed the turnip sales today. And this would be my first time doing it. I was really pissed off. I, 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 missed, out, I missed the stock market as well. And you know what the funny thing is that I just remembered? I forgot that uh, she leaves at noon. Yeah, that's I, what I forgot to say. I work on Sundays, so I need to start throwing my Switch in my backpack and bringing it to work. Yeah, I forgot it, and um, I was just talking about it during a... I was just playing a thing of Resident Evil, and my brother was saying, oh, hey, did you get your turnips? And I was like, no, you know, I think I'm going to get it after this run really quick and just buy a few. And he's like, well, it's 1 o'clock, you can't anymore, I gotta wait next week, sucker. Gotta play the stock market. Um, also, worth noting, I didn't realize this isn't... Did you know the... Uh, the turnip lady aged out. I'm sorry, what? She no longer... It's not the same turnip lady from past Animal Crossing. It's her daughter, Daisy May. Oh, wow. So she pulled a little wrinkly Kong and died. Yeah, well, I don't think she's dead. It's just, like, her daughter's taking it up now. But also, her daughter appears to be, like, maybe nine years old. So this seems illegal. <laughs> Listen, the stock market really doesn't pay any mind to age. Anyone is welcome, so long as you have the bells. <laughs> as long as you're willing to pay. I mean, Tom Nook has children running his shop. I, it, it's yeah, quite, that's fair. Tim- it's been quite established from the very beginning that nobody cares about age limits here or child labor. As long <laughs> as you have the bells, anything's happening. Uh, in Animal Crossing. And the, the Animal Crossing tweets are still getting me through it. Um, Vinny, our friend Vinny, sent me one the other day that I died at. Uh, you might have seen this going around of Tom Nook making the phone calls during the morning announcements, and it was like Tom Nook keeps trying to repair his declining marriage during my morning announcements. Oh, I saw that. One it's like him walking. He's like Tanya, please talk to me. <laughs> there was one. Um, that really just had me laughing at the time. It, it was so stupid. Uh, Tom Nook was giving announcements, and somebody said that they wanted to test whether the signs that they put up would stay in the announcement video in the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. And when Tom Nook's giving an announcement, you could see that somebody just put a sign that just wrote whore, and it's just pointing <laughs> Tom Nook. And I was just dying, because I was thinking, why would anybody just why would anybody want this for, in your game? For, it's just whore island. For anyone um, that gets, like, the worst jokes possible, one of the paintings I have out in my town square is Old, Bold, and Brash from Spongebob. Yeah, I, it's a classic. And it's right classic. behind Tom Nook every morning, and I recently made it my town flag. <laughs> It, it's so funny. That's such good taste with that. It, it's it's just funny little gags. And um, for the record, the entire joke was I'm currently cultivating a dump in my town, so I was going oh, to so put the painting of old bold and brash in the dump. As it, where it belongs. Uh, my cousin Tommy has a has his island. It's we we were calling it Trash Island. I'm sure he upgraded it by now, so it's not. But in the beginning, it was. We would just send him the old tires and everything, so mm-hmm. he could just litter his island around. Perfect. And he would refuse any storage items because he said that that would ruin Trash Island if you just started cleaning the island. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, my island is very, very vanilla, which makes, which is why I really just want to hop right in and start putting some custom art or something. But um. Yeah, I got I got to mess around with it and have some fun. It's it's pretty mind numbing and I love it. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm currently wearing the uh, school uniform from My Hero Academia. <laughs> Damn it, that's so cool. I was wearing a uh, what am I wearing now? I was wearing the Wind Waker Islander outfit, and that's a I kind of rotate between the Castlevania. Somebody made Castlevania outfit too. Oh, that's so good. Just rotating, they're just fun. That's like pretty them. good. Uh, yeah, that's it. So that's Animal Crossing. It's still pretty fucking great. It still brightens my day. Well, I, I actually want to talk about this because um, I saw an article from Games Industry Biz earlier this... Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. Um, but they wrote an article on just the overall success of Animal Crossing and how 
on release weekend, it legitimately outsold Pokemon Sword and Shield yeah, combined. It's the best the selling combined. Switch game ever to date. Yeah. And um, they were writing, you know, if a quarantine wasn't happening, or if this whole COVID-19 was not happening and not a lot of people were stuck inside, would it have still sold under such resounding commercial success? And Interesting question, for sure. Yeah. Would it be on par at this point with Zelda or Pokemon sales? And it, it was an interesting question because, you know, my gut immediately veered on to no. I personally don't think it would have sold as well. And I, when I say well, it would have sold millions. I, was gonna, I still it think matter. it would sell exceptionally well. I still think it would have broken the record uh, for an Animal Crossing launch day. Yeah, because if sure. people were still vocal about this game, people were still excited for it. But yeah, it might not have done the massive numbers we're talking about here. I even still believe it would have broken the Pokemon Sword and Shield records because I know that game it sold well. But I still think it would have beaten. And there's also I just don't a, think a large sect of Pokemon diehards who were like boycotting Pokemon. Yeah, that too. But also, well, I mean, if we really crunch numbers, I mean, they're pretty much a vocal minority. I say it always is. It's still yeah, no, no. Bosses. But you like the thing is like. Even if it's a small factor, yeah, that still plays a factor. Mm -hmm. I personally think that it wouldn't have sold as well because now you have people. And when I again, when I say as well, it still would have been commercially successful. But there still would have been, I'm sure, a couple of thousand units that wouldn't have sold. And I think it's because, yeah, there are people who have not owned a Switch or a video game rather in quite some time that I've seen have bought Animal Crossing and a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, um, because right now it's just. A nice little escape from everything. It's just a decorator simulator with funny animal pals, and you could just unlock new things and just do new things, and, and it's very calming. And it's just a and, nice little getaway from having to realize that you're just isolated indoors with nothing to do. And I also think we're going to see a similar trend with another game coming out in about two weeks, because uh, I know a number of people who haven't played games in years who told me they're going out and buying a PS4 for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and I always think that that's such an interest. There, there really is no point to be making from this. I'm not saying whether it deserves it or not. Frankly, I think the game is a fucking treasure, and it's, it's a side project that they worked on that paid off in spades. Um, but it, I always am so incredibly interested to see how that, how world events or just how releases of certain games will completely shift a, uh, a console's selling rate. Or just how much money a title can now make and how much of a brand name it can now be. Because Animal Crossing at this point now, if they come out with another one in years to come, oh, it's going to sell like gangbusters. Hell yeah. Because now everybody knows about Animal Crossing. Like there were people who knew Animal Crossing but didn't play it, but now everybody it, loves Animal it Crossing. It was also, again, worth one of those funny tweets about the game where I saw somebody had put one up today that was like, how many therapists do you think are hearing about Animal Crossing this week? And somebody posted, like, oh, yeah, I brought it up to my therapist. I was just like, so I've been playing this game. They're like, oh, yes, I know, with the animals on the island. <laughs> yeah, because they just, there you go. It's just so popular. Even at work, um, people who had never played games or at least talk about talked about them, now we bring it up all the time. We're just like, oh, yeah, we play Animal Crossing because it's just so much fun and it's so mm -hmm. relaxing. And it really, it, it's... For lack of a better word, it is mind-numbing. You just gotta sit down, relax, it's and just play. almost passive in a way. Yeah. It's just, you could sit down and just go on, put your brain on autopilot, you and just cut some trees, pick some crops, go sell some things, and just organize furniture to make it look... It really doesn't require a lot of critical thought. It's just... Play. You get out and of it very nice. as much as you put into it. Yeah, totally. And if you just put in time, exactly, you can be a rich guy. 
for those who or you can fire up your time, time machine yeah <laughs> yeah or you can just for the people who really want to play it they've just been skipping around in time which frankly i don't even care about i sent you that uh, that dexter's laboratory bit about our friend clayton silent <laughs> yeah oh my god with a caveman yeah. yeah um i mean personally would i time travel no i just and what it, do i think about time travelers no but if you want to time travel you can do it yeah do what you That's want but i i think it's against the spirit of the game to me yeah, it all depends on how you perceive it. For some, the spirit of the game is just unlocking as much as you can but, and just organizing your island yeah. to be fun and then one big sandbox. Also, also the spirit is, yeah, if you want to do it, you're more than welcome to. But for me, it like I like the idea of, well, I'm going to take this one day at a time the way it's intended to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I personally just like it because, yeah, I wake up and I'm like, oh, hey, I wonder what's going on on my island. Just some general chores for the day, and like, then you're done. There's always some bright spots. Like, you know, today, when I went to the campsite, I saw the tent was up, so somebody was staying there, and there's a goddamn German monkey. And there you go. And that put a smile on your face. And I said, Hans, you are staying here forever. Yeah, so honestly, if you don't have Animal Crossing, and you kind of want it, what are you, you what don't. What are you doing? Yeah, or you don't. All right. But you know what? I nobody can deny that now. Animal Crossing standing on the pillars uh, is no longer standing <laughs> on the shoulders of giants. They are a giant themselves. You know what we need to look into, Eric? Uh, we need to see if there's a gecko, and uh, we need to make it our mission to get him in our towns. If there is, I haven't seen any reptiles at all. The only reptile I've seen is. Have you seen Flick yet? But he's not. No. Uh, there's a a chameleon, a red chameleon named Flick, who will sometimes come to your island, and his thing is he loves bugs. He buys bugs at 1.5 times the price Timmy and Tommy oh, will. Oh, I've heard of him. Okay. And he can also make you models of bugs to display in your home. Yeah, see, if there is... I'll, I'll settle for an iguana if push comes to shove. You know, yeah, no, some sort of gecko. lizard. A gecko would be ideal. I'll look it up. German squirrel. Or it's a German monkey. I told you. So why wouldn't there be a, a lizard or a gecko? I told you I got uh, Zucker, who's basically like a cooked squid. As a villager? Yeah, hold on. Let me pull up the picture of Zucker. I want. Does he look? If he's I, cooked, I want to show you. It, like you'll know. Is he just constantly screaming? Every time well, no, no. Like face. he's stylized in such a way that he looks like. Hold on, let me get the picture. What's his name? Zuck. Look up Zucker uh, from the Animal Crossing. Zuck? Zucker. Z u c k e r. Zuck. All right, Zucker. Oh, he is a cooked squid. Yeah, he he lives. Oh, I like him. He, he's cute. He lives in my town. He's one of my favorite villagers. Zucker. Oh, I love him. It looks like he's run- in uh, New Leaf. It looks like he runs a little restaurant area. He, nice place. Yeah, he. I think he had like a little ramen spot. Um, oh, that's fun. He's got. Uh, he he made me a seashell seat for my house. He mailed it to me. Oh. Oh, I want Zucker now. Zucker's cool. Oh, I gotta play this game after. Uh, tonight's this is tomorrow's project for sure. I gotta play this game. Shall I, I run us through the release radar real quick? Releases? Yeah. Yeah, because we're getting into releases again. Uh, so this is for, uh, March 31st through April 3rd. Uh, The Complex comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on March 31st. If you never played The Complex... Wait, no, I was thinking of Shadow Complex, I'm sorry. If you've never played The Complex, don't. Uh, okay. I was thinking of Shadow Complex, which I was gonna recommend. I can't speak to The Complex. Shadow Complex was on Xbox, right? Yeah, but then it got, like, a PC release later yeah. on. Uh, Curious Expedition comes to PS4 on March 31st. Curious. Get Packed comes to, get this, Stadia on March 31st. <laughs> Do I got a treat for you guys? You're never going to believe Stadia. Uh, that's still happening. <laughs> Operencia, The Stolen Sun, comes to PC, PS4, and Switch on March 31st. Persona 5 Royal comes to PS4 on March 31st. 
two-point hospital sandbox mode and the super bug initiative update come to ps4 xbox one and switch on march 31st the super bug initiative they're putting out an update about a plague wow um listen man it's the times totally reliable delivery service comes to pc ps4 xbox one and switch on april 1st seems legit uh curious expedition will make its switch debut a few days later on april 2nd uh Aeolus Tournament comes to PC, Switch, and Switch on April 3rd. Curious Expedition makes its Xbox One debut on April 3rd. Hyper Parasite comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on April 3rd. And finally, Resident Evil 3 Remake comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One on April 3rd. Let's go! Ugh, can't wait. So hyped. I, um, speaking of Persona 5, or just any physical game releases, uh... I got a, a lot of people. A note you about got a notification. Yeah, but I ordered the collector's edition, so I'm not gonna cancel it. I'll just wait if I have to. Yeah, because you you also played the first. Yeah, you know, it, first and there's the gonna be plenty of other stuff to play the next few days. Yeah. It's not like you're gonna be scrap uh, strap for a game. Um, yeah, so Amazon basically was releasing delay notifications for a lot of people who are pre-ordering their games. Which, frankly, I mean that's that's how I pre-order my games nowadays. Yeah, same. Um, where I'm gonna go to GameStop. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy VII. I did cancel my Amazon order and just order it digital. I so yeah so because a lot of people have received those notifications, that's also why a lot of collector's editions have been freeing up because people just immediately cancel because they just think that they're gonna download it. Um, I almost canceled Final Fantasy, but I kind of really want it. I kind of want the Deluxe Edition. Um, but Amazon released another notification, speaking of Final Fantasy, that it would be released on time. But I just got another notification for Persona, and that it may be delayed, even though it says a release yeah. date is and delivery date will be the 31st. So a lot of people are pulling their pre-orders because what they're thinking is going to happen is that Amazon's going to say that it's on course... But it won't be. And then it's going to be delayed anyways after they take yeah, it. Yeah, that, so, that's a mindset. It's like, you might see a delay of 24 to 48 hours, which to me, I went, I really don't care. That's fine. Yeah, if it's if it's like that, okay. I don't care. Same with Persona. I don't care. Resident Evil, I'm getting digital just because I know I would, and I'm getting it on the computer, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. But physical Persona and physical Final Fantasy, I don't know. I kind of want them. And they've already been ordered, so whatever steal your heart um yeah a lot of people have been kind of giving up on those so if you ever are interested in a special edition i mean you know, look out they're probably around they're around there. they're around uh leading into some surprise announcements today i'm just gonna read this excerpt from oh i'm so i'm so excited fr- about this from one. pc gamer uh trailers dropped this morning square enix has announced that a remastered near replicant the cult classic prequel to smash success near automata is coming to pc via steam so, so good, so unexpected, yeah. so good. So far, Square Enix has only released a teaser for the new version, appropriately and oddly titled Near Replicant Version 1.22474487139. Yep. Uh, <laughs> That's the only time I'll actually accept such a wacky naming convention. Near deserves it. The game is being developed by Toy Logic in cooperation with Square Enix and Near series developer Platinum Games. The game was described by Square Enix producer uh, Yusuke Saito as version up rather than a remake or remaster. The new version will include fully voiced lines, new content, new music by the original composer, and even the possibility of a new ending. Nier got lukewarm reception from critics at release, but interest in the game has grown after the smash success of Nier Automata. Uh, I I am so hyped for that because, yeah, Nier totally flew under the radar and it was a shame. Also worth noting, um, this is the, ver- the remake or re-up of the version we never got in the U.S. anyway. 
Correct. We got near Gestalt in the U.S. where you played as a yes. different character. Because they used to sell, they sold both of them. Yeah, we never got. But we never got it. We yeah, never got so this I'm version. So hyped. So Gestalt, I know it got a lot of. I I know it reviewed well, but it wasn't successful by any imagination, really, in the states. I like um, Dragon Guard Three. Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of flew under the radar. So until Nier Automata came, I'm so hyped that they're even releasing not even a remaster, just a, another version of it. You might as well just call it the. the I know they don't call it a remake, but to me, that is kind of a remake. If it's a version up where they're just kind of redoing a lot of it from the ground up, that's a remake. Yeah, I'm totally but I would it. say it's even more of an exciting thing because we technically never got this version to begin with, so... Nope. Awesome. It'll be nice to just have. Um, and it was a good game in its own right. It wasn't like a, a one-hour game also, like or anything. What, it's, it's really good. What a fun topic to cover now, because people don't know the story of the original Nier is about a city that gets so diseased they decide to nuke it. <laughs> It, you know, it's all about timing. It's all about timing in Japan whenever they do these things. Um, but yeah, uh, um, so this was so out of left field. I woke up this morning, brewed a nice cup of coffee, and I almost spit it out. And I was like, yeah, oh, shit. I saw near really just going on all cylinders. I saw near trending, and I was like, what? <laughs> I thought it was something with Automata again. Um, when also, they just said near announced. I was thinking, oh, they probably announced a new sequel. That's pretty cool. And then they were saying, oh, no, you, you know, you get the uh, you get the full package here. Also, it was uh, teased as coming to PS4. So that makes me think it's coming out this year. I have a feeling it will, especially if it's just a remake. They probably have all of it done already for the most part. I'm so uh, another surprise stuff. There was a surprise mini Nintendo Direct we talked about earlier with Panzer Dragoon and all that. Yeah. Uh, some other notable stuff from that. They said the next Smash character, first of Fighter Pass 2, is coming in June, and that it's an ARMS character. Yeah, they really couldn't do, uh, at the beginning they prefaced that they couldn't do a lot of standard presentations because of coronavirus. No one was but, around to film stuff, yeah. Yeah, I know, it's kind of a bummer not to see Sakurai, but I'm sure that if this does end up lasting a little bit longer, then hopefully maybe we could get an official presentation. They still never said who. Even if you even though I'm pretty sure it's gonna be the main character. I terms, whoever's don't on the cover. No, that breaks the rules of Smash because Spring Man is already an assist trophy. <sighs> so it could be anybody else. Ribbon Girl, perhaps. That'd be pretty cool. Um but yeah you could tell that Nintendo has this weird push for arms because not at, only after that they did announce that the game was gonna be free to download um for the weekend I think it yes. was yeah, and the game—it was just the whole game. Yeah, which is pretty um, cool. Arms is cool yeah. for what it was, and it sold like gangbusters because there wasn't much on the Switch at the time. Uh, I think it's—they're making another one. I think they're oh, teeing up another one. I, I think so for sure. for sure. I mean, the sales numbers alone dictate that it would definitely get a sequel. Um, and it's a novel game. It's just like it didn't quite have the hooks that it needed. I, I think they need but to maybe expand it could on this it this time around. Yeah, if it could do it, I am. If they can actually make a proper hook to it and enhance the fighting mechanics, I am so in. It was such a cool little. It was a concept. It and was a and also, uh, as far as Smash goes, I vote for either the girl whose arms are ramen or the bad guy who is a mummy who unwraps to throw his arms. Oh, I like these. They have a lot of unique characters. I know I like them. The character Every, designs are super neat. Everybody on the internet's neat. clamoring for, uh, what was it, the, the arms fighter with the uh, big ass that they took a screenshot oh, of. Oh, is that... <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, I want this person. Is that Lollapop? Oh, no, that's... Yeah, they're like, no, I want this fighter. That's <laughs> Please, Nintendo. That's Twintel. That's the one where she doesn't punch with there her arms. Twintel. Her, her hair has boxing gloves. Everybody everybody on the internet, of course, is just coming out in trove saying, Please, Nintendo, Please. you already opened the floodgates. Just give it to Please, us. Please, Nintendo, back that ass up. 
Yeah, I think I think it's pretty funny. But um, I just thought it was cool because yeah, I like them supporting just one of their own newer franchises, and um, I like that. I, w- I want to support a new IP. Give me another Arms. Arms could be really fun. I like the uh, mix and match capabilities that the first one had with different weaponry and all that. It was cool. It was cool ideas. Um, there's also a Bradley Default Two demo out that I have not gotten to yet. And I'm assuming this is going to be like the other ones where you play the demo and you get to transfer your stuff over. Well, yeah, because it was worth noting, and I'm assuming this is the same deal, the Bravely Default uh, demo for the original game was an instance that was not in the main game. Yeah, like it, it, was, a, it, was, a, it was a completely separated It was a pro- prologue. Story. Yeah, it was really cool. I actually like it. They put a lot, when devs put a lot of effort into that kind of stuff, I... I'd love to appreciate it. Which, which is, is cool. why when I heard, like, oh, Bravely Default 2 demo, I'm like, oh, that's going to be unique. I'm going to have to play that. And I've seen a bunch of articles going up today going, hey, that Bravely Default 2 demo is fucking hard. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, and just for people who are unaware, too, any, this is completely unrelated and separate from uh, compared to Bravely Second. Bravely yeah. Second is not Bravely Default. It's just another game in that line. You still have to play Bravely Default. Well, you won't have to, but if you want to continue the story, you can get Bravely Default 1, which is still only for the 3DS. Great game, though. I kind of wish they ported it to the Switch, but I can understand why they did it. It would be so great if they'd... Uh, see, that would have been the perfect surprise, actually. Like, there's a Bravely Default 2 demo live, and the original Bravely Default available on oh, Switch starting today. Yeah, I would have I I played it again. I don't buy games anymore. It's such a jerk reaction pace, but I, I would have I bought it immediately. Because I haven't played it yet, but I think I'm going to have to play it you, soon. You, second I'd highly recommend it. It is... I, I would argue an underappreciated gem because i don't hear, hear enough people talk about it isn't it is this the correct jrpg where you beat the game and then there's just a bigger game afterwards yeah yeah and also i mean the the whole there's the brave concept of bravely default is you either brave or you default when you move which is you can default to basically store action points to get multiple actions in or you mm-hmm. can use brave which expends action points you don't have yet and then you'll be dormant for a few turns very brave uh yeah no it actually had a pretty cool system i was so torn i almost bit the bullet last weekend because i almost bought octopath because it was only 30 dollars mm-hmm. um couldn't do it i just i have too many i almost bought bit the uh bit got bitten by the jrpg bug if, but i got persona coming persona it's like, yeah you, you got all these games this is what i mean you just have all these you games have releasing to steal, at such a fast pace uh, and you also got Final Fantasy coming the week after oh, this. Jeez. So it's like pick your poison. Too dude. many games, man. I, at they least gr- confidently, I can say Resident Evil Three. I will probably beat that weekend. <laughs> I know I'm gonna beat in that. I know I'm gonna beat it that weekend. I gotta get my hands it, on it. It looks so. Which cool. is actually let's we record on Sundays as everyone knows. <laughs> I I imagine there's a good chance we will be able to have both beaten that game by the time we record next week. Oh yeah. Totally. This weekend is Resident Evil 2. Next weekend, I'll be doing 3 just to beat it. I, I can't wait. It's going to be such a hype game. But this is why I'm trying to, uh, at the end of the day, before I go to bed every night, I just have a thought. Tom Nook is waiting for me. He's waiting. And he wants your bells there. I got to make sure I'm structuring my time here properly. Tanya, please, just stay pandemic, on the phone. Yeah, since I'm in isolation, why not? Why not? Um, other news, though, that I just saw that I thought was pretty cool. Yes. Um, or at least not pretty cool, just interesting. Sony's lowering the download bandwidth in the U.S. You Not really surprising since literally a few days prior, they announced that they were doing the same in the uh, the EU. So, worth noting, going to be slower download rates. You probably didn't notice because Sony's download times are so horrible to begin with. Yeah, they're already terrible. I personally downloaded, what was it, the RE demo? I think I did. I was just saying earlier, I don't yeah. think I did, but I think I, I did. did. Um, it was already slow anyways. Whatever. Um, 
But just to keep that in mind, too, if you're ever just downloading a bunch of shit. Um, and also, the PS Plus, actually, speaking of PlayStation, PS Plus in the next month for April, it's going to be Uncharted 4. Woo! And I'm pretty hyped about that because if, if you know me, I don't play PS4 games at all or just games in general. So um, I'm thinking now that I beat The Last of Us, my April game franchise I'm going to go through is, is Uncharted. Uncharted. So you're going to swoop up that collection? One, I think I'm going to do one to four, and I think I'm just going to do it all in a month and a half. That's going to be real easy for you. Those games, are, yeah. they're junk food games. Like they, Yeah, they're not... <laughs> That's no, no. That's how, that like, just reviewed extremely well. No, no, I know, I know. What you but mean. you know what I mean in, in the way they play. It's like it's really. For a moment, my brain was like, "Oh, they're junk," and I was thinking, "Oh, really?" The game. <laughs> it's like I never played them with the games of the years. Never just jump. They go down real easy. Yeah, uh, I imagine that they're probably similar to Last of Us in the Naughty Dog uh, gallery, where it does not last longer than fifteen hours. So. I'll probably be able to just beat each game at my own pace without wanting to platinum any of them, and I think I'll be okay with that. Cool. Get to see some Sully action. Sully. I love Sully. Uh, um, I mean, the last really big thing I wanted to get into was just, and when I say big, but it's probably not that big. Huge. Um, Sony came out and said they do not expect the coronavirus stuff to uh, impact shipping the PS5. Did Microsoft say the same thing to they, they said something similar, but it was a lot less committal. Yeah, I, I believe it. The uh, only thing I could see, I think there might be less production. I could see these consoles being yeah. harder to get uh, at first, but I think they will ship on the ta- timetable they expect them to ship. A bunch of manufacturing plants in China have reopened. I, I, I think they're going to be able to get this stuff out. I think their projections are that by that time, it's going to be Q three, Q four. I don't want to. I always hate using the words "died down," but once this situation calms down globally, if people just do what they're supposed to be doing, uh, they've already seen improvements, quote unquote, in China. Yeah, and um, China recently reopened they probably uh, realized, movie hey, theaters and such. Pick it back up at that point, and yeah, I mean, I think it'll be fine. There, I, I guarantee there's going to be some production hits to it, though. I, they, there has to be. I'd be surprised if there wasn't, but. Mm-hmm. I imagine it'll sell out just a bit faster than usual. Then it it might be a. I have a feeling it might be a little bit harder to get your hands on one without a pre-order. That's my guess. Yeah, it will be. I, I keep thinking of every other major console release, and you know what? This may be the first time ever that I've pre-ordered a Sony console. Yeah. Uh, for for release. I think I'm going to pre-order I've the PS5. Yeah, I've. You know what it was? I I got the PS4 on launch day, but I just walked into a store and bought it. I didn't pre-order anything. I gotta say, I was really swayed by it by, oddly enough, Mark Cerny's demo. <laughs> or at least his, uh, his panel talk. Oh, da- oh you mean Dana Carvey? Off. Pretty much the general consumer panel. So, so you watched an episode of the Dana Carvey show. I did. I watched and... Dana Carvey. He was saying that, you know, the PS5 is going to be good. And I was thinking, you know, I think Dana Carvey's been pretty good with comedy in the I, past. I think... Why wouldn't he be good at this? I think Church Lady knows what she's talking about. Yeah, why, why would Dana Carvey lie to me now? Um... <laughs> This is, and I said, fuck it. This is really off topic. You ever watch that documentary about the Dana Carvey show? I did not. It's super interesting. It's on Hulu. You should watch it. It's called Dana Carvey, Too Big to Fail. Too Big to Fail. What's the what's your main takeaway from it? Uh, That, like, they all still don't understand why they got to make this show. I fucking knew it. I knew that uh, was going to be the whole like, thing. But it's fun to see. I mean, like, that show's big for a reason. I mean, the Dana Carvey show, for as long as it lasted, that's where Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert got their start. Well, hey, you know, sometimes lightning just strikes, but it never strikes twice, as they say. 
I think Dana Carvey tried something else too recent, like a few years back, some comedy show. He was trying to find up and coming comedians, and uh, I think yeah. it got canceled after like a season. And huh. Dana Carvey just went into hiding after that. Well, I just want to remind everybody of uh, his uh, what was what was the movie? Wayne's World. <laughs> The Master of Disguise. Yeah, That's yeah it was Master of Disguise. There if you're thinking about... I just want to call out to a special mention to Master of Disguise. Um, a terrible movie. Where Dana Carvey actually goes into a special behind-the-scenes clip as to say how he thought the movie was more important than ever to release around the time after 9-11. Um, People I, needed to I, laugh, And I'm said. not kidding. That's actually a thing because I went, uh, I went to a live uh, podcast of How Did This Get Made, uh, Paul Shears... Um, podcast about movies or bad movies, and luckily for me, he chose Master of the Sky. That's a great episode to be at the live one for. Yeah, uh, we went to I went to go see the Master of the Skies, and I have to be honest, it was fucking hilarious. And yeah, that is actually true. There was a behind the scenes clip where he said that you know now more than ever, it was really great that it released after nine eleven because he thought that that was what the country and the world needed. The Master, the Master of the, the Skies, Dana yeah, Carvey's worst film. <laughs> So listen, he, he should have just not put gonna take it from me. You got to take it from Dana Carvey himself. He said it, and pff, I mean, I think he was correct. I, I think he was pretty on the money. If Dana Carvey wanted my opinion, if the world needed to laugh, they should have just put Wayne's World two in theaters again. <laughs> just again, just do it once more, just for one more ride. Um, that's pretty fucking funny though. But yeah, um, for those of you who are still stuck in isolation, we feel you. Yeah, we're here with you. It ya. sucks. Uh, Rich, do we want to go into housekeeping? Uh, for that, you do anything noteworthy? I was thinking about movies, because I watch movies because I'm in isolation. Oh, for just that? Yeah, just real... I, I finally watched Harley Quinn. Oh, general... Oh, more more actual housekeeping. Yeah. Um, I've watched some movies. I watched Akira again, because mm-hmm. I love that movie. Um, it's a good movie. I, I haven't been watching Tiger King. Touchy subject. I did watch Tiger King. Uh, is that touchy? <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean like Akira, because it's happening right now. Oh. <laughs> they were like, touchy subject, and it's like, Tiger King? No, I, um, I watched the shit out of Tiger King, because that shit is bonkers. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it was insane. I have to get to it. I'd highly recommend it. I finally watched Harley Quinn, uh, which I, I enjoyed. I've been watching a lot of anime. And I, I'm kind of Yeah, you sent me some recommendations weird. that I want to get to. Yeah, I think I'm becoming a weeb. You so sent me uh, you sent me B stars, and I was like, "This is just Animal Crossing, Eric." B star that that I genuinely watched that in a day. I, I might watch that tonight. It was pretty fucking good. I, and you know what? Yeah, on first glance, and what a lot of people are memeing on. Yeah, people are just thinking it's straight up furry stuff, and furry gratification, and they're turned off by it immediately. The opening song is an absolute banger. And the team behind it did really fucking good with the animation. I think it's an excellent show. And um, I like just the whole world that they built with it. And I, I just think it's great. So, so that's Beastars. Check it out. That's And yeah, sure. Is there animal sex? Yeah. There is. Okay. What about it? Uh, No, Rich. What about it? Uh, housekeeping. Alright. Uh, yeah. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, a big thanks to Heather Ramos for our wonderful logo, and a thanks to so Ed Paquette nice. for our intro. Uh, you can ask us questions about what it's like to be stuck inside rotting away at geckogamespodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter. Eric is at beautiful underscore Eric, and I am at the Richmeister Zero. But this is always a pleasure 
So, Eric? Always, always. Everybody, reach out to us. Tell us what you've been playing or how you've been keeping sane or just what's up. We'd love to just hear from you. We hope that uh, we make your make your days inside just a little bit better with our with the little hour snatch on to hours. Talk so. to us about Joe Exotic. Yeah, talk to us about Joe Exotic. What do you think of B-Stars? Have you also become a furry? Tell us. Tell us next week. Good night. Next week.